Hey, fellow community, it is officially 2019. Yikes. Hopefully your 2019 is off to a good start and you're starting to write the 2019 for the date instead of 2018 and then crossing it out. You know who you are. Well, as 2019 starts, it's a little bit crazy over here at Fusion Productions since my day job consists of freelance work and producing other events, and this is our busy time. So part of that busy time, I had the privilege of being the lead stage manager for the Dallas venue of the Passion Conference a few weeks ago. And man, the people at Passion have an amazing vision for reaching the college-age generation, and it was really fun to be a part of. And it was fun telling people about Philo while I was there and seeing a lot of people had heard about it. So I love the idea of leveraging all that technology for the sake of the gospel, and man, what a setup. The team at Passion City Church and Black and White Live Productions killed it on that. I mean, the the amount of technology, again, crazy. I don't know how they do it, but it was a pleasure to serve with them and uh, glad to be back home, getting ready to go out on the next thing in a couple days. Anyway, onto our podcast. If you're new here, our goal is to help technical artists in the local church to become more effective so that our churches can become more effective. An extension of the Philo Conference, if you will, all year around. And our topics uh, on the podcast and the guests are chosen specifically to help us with that goal, to make us better. Anyway, our guest this week is an OG Philo person. I think that's what the kids say, OG, original gangster Philo person. That makes me sound such like a dad, which I am. I'm okay with that. Anyway, John Cassetto, he jumped in and helped us with our first year that we attempted to do Philo as one two-day event to blow it out. And he and his wife, Steph, who also taught at Philo in 2017. They've been a huge support to Philo and to me especially. Anyway, John leads the worship ministry at Saddleback Church along with his wife, Steph, and he has a giant heart for teams of people, especially those that serve the local church to make the services happen. And we had a great conversation talking about how to create a culture on your team. And uh, I can't wait for you to glean something from this episode. I know I loved it. So Just a side note before we jump into it, we recorded this a very long time ago. And so as we're talking about the upcoming Philo, we're actually talking about last year, 2018. Anyway, I'm sure you can listen around those things, but all the stuff is good. So let's not waste any more time with me babbling. Let's do it. Hi, John. Hey, how's it going, Todd? Yeah, it's going good. Hey, um, so we're going to talk about all different kinds of things. I mean, if you've been listening to the Philo podcast by now, you've figured out that we kind of we have a topic, but then we talk about whatever happens to come up. Excellent. Uh, and it's usually fun. So maybe, John, we could start with what you do and where you do it. <laughs> awesome. Well, Todd, it's just such an honor to be on this podcast. I love Philo. I love the Philo community. Been able to, you know, attend the last couple of years and have made some really meaningful relationships there. So really good to, really good to see you and and have a chat. Uh, but my name is John Cassetto. I'm the worship pastor at Saddleback Church, based in Southern California. So we live in Orange County, California, but we have campuses mostly in California, mostly in Southern California, from Los Angeles down to San Diego and lots of places in between. But we also have four international campuses, Berlin, Germany, Manila in the Philippines, Hong Kong, and Buenos Aires in Argentina. So I get to serve our worship teams, worship pastors, tech directors, audio, video, and lighting teams at all of our campuses. And just a really sweet sweet privilege of my life to be connected to this church and this team in this season, for sure. Yeah, very cool. 
One of the things in this podcast, for whatever reason, it keeps popping into my head, just the first time that I met someone. And I think the first time I actually met you in person that I can remember was at Philo in 2016. But I was thinking about just, I had sent you an email saying, hey, I would love to have you at Philo. Would you consider coming? And we were like phone tag and all this stuff. And then when we finally talked on the phone, I was in the middle of calling cues at some event. Yeah. Like, I think I was like talking to you and then putting the phone aside and say, yeah, roll video. Um, Yeah, great, John. Uh-huh. Can I call you back? No, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Probably. Yeah. Go lights. Yeah, it was uh, kind of a... I remember that call, actually. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, <laughs> I I love you, Todd, and I love this community. And mostly for me, honestly, it's your name, first in, last out. You, you know, yeah. for us, my wife and I have been doing, um, just been blessed to be in worship ministry for a little bit over twenty years now. Mm-hmm. And for us, always championing, trying to figure out ways to bridge production, what we call production and platform ministry. Right, right. And, and, you know, we believe there's unique gifts that are on both sides of the house and the, on the platform side that has a unique calling and gift mix and same with on the production side of the house. And for me, when I heard your your name, Philo, first in, last out, I'm like, that's it. That's that's the heart of the production team. And so from day one, man, it's always like, man, whatever I can do to, to be a part of that, just attend, contribute in any way, you know, we're excited. We're yeah. bringing a full team from Saddleback this yeah. year, which there's about 10 or 11 of us. Oh, coming. wow. So yeah. great. Now, so you've kind of alluded to it already. I mean, as the, uh, as the worship pastor at Saddleback, you're responsible for the platform and the production team. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I would say those two groups are quite different from each other. Yeah. And just how they think, how they function, what matters to them, what doesn't matter to them. And to lead both groups of people feels like kind of a a giant task. I mean, how do you, uh, how do you do it? (laughs) Well, that's such a great question. And quite honestly, I don't know that I, (laughs) but I do think at least for me, I love both of those people. Yeah. I love the type of person that says, I was born to share this song. I was born to write this song. I was born to be on that stage and lead people in this way. I love those people. Yeah. I love yeah. their courage. I love their lack of lack of fear to get up there, to try, to fail, to be awesome, to have an off week, all that type of stuff. I love those guys. And then I love the same guys that say, I will do anything you ever want me to do, but never stick me on a stage. Right. <laughs> uh, I will do anything possible to be unseen and do to do the things behind the scenes. And I love working with knobs and buttons and lights and faders and cameras and breaking things open to put them back together again. I love those guys and gals. And so for me, maybe it's not so much as I don't know that I totally get either of them. Cause okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm definitely not a, a tech guy. I mean, I just, we, we should tell them, Todd, it took us 20 minutes to get this FaceTime call. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> what does that say about me? <laughs> yeah, no, it was my end. Yeah. So, anyway, full disclosure. Um, yeah. So I'm not, I'm definitely not on that side of the house. I'm not definitely not, um, 
the, just dying to get on stage, leading worship week a week, writing songs that I can't wait to share with my community. Yeah. But I absolutely adore both of those people, and I absolutely value both uh, makeups, both um, gift sets, and personalities that go into those people. Not that they're all the same; they're certainly not. Sure. But I think it starts with number one, valuing them and loving them and appreciating them both. Uh-huh. I was thinking the other day if. Someone in my shoes, I was talking to someone similar position in another church, and like it was clearly that he had kind of run out of love for his artists. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, oh man, that's hard. Like, because you got to love them. If, if you're just mad at them all the time for being late, for being messy, right. for being uh, a bit scattered, for having too many ideas, man, that's, that's probably not going to change on the artist side of things. Right, right. Right. And if you're wanting your tech guys to come up with, you know, all the big ideas and love everything immediately and stop going immediately to, you know, the the pragmatic solutions for everything. It's like, well, it might not change overnight. You know, you got to learn to love people where we're at and and what they bring to the table instead of just assigning, hey, here's my gift. You need to be more like me. You have to have right. my gift to be to be a part of this team. So, I mean, it's almost impossible, right? We have 20 campuses. If I was expecting to try to keep all that in order and keep everything the same person at every campus, that'd just be ridiculous. Right. But I remember when I was at a church with just, we were one location. And I remember the different personalities on our, on our platform and in our production booth. And I just remember thinking, wow, God, it's a real honor. It's a real honor to figure out how to live in that middle ground and love both sides of this house right. and, and just keep equipping me to do that. So I think, number one, it sounds so cliche, Todd, I know, but I do think it's love. I think it's right. learning to really love, not really hope up today, hope that today I can show up and change them. Oh, I'm right. going to turn the platform people to be less like they are, and I'm going to show up today and try to get the production people to be less like they are. No. Right. I just want to love these people where they're at. And while we love each other, maybe God will transform us into what he wants us to be. Right. Well, and I think, too, it took me a long time to realize this, but the idea that I'm not like you, you're not like me, I think about things differently than you, we're approaching the same problem from two different angles, and that's why it works. That's the whole point. And so, yeah, of course you're nothing like I am. So that's that's why God designed it for us to function together. Right. And I think it's it's nice to talk about it now. I'm thinking about a lot of times where that does cause rub, that does cause friction. And whether we're talking platform and production folks or <laughs> me and my wife. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, just, any relationship. Theoretically, yeah, we were, we're different. We value each other and all of that. But no, there's times where it's like, okay, we got to press pause. Like you are looking at this completely differently than me. And I need to understand that a little bit better. Right. And I think what I have found is... I'm really dependent on our production guys to speak openly and to have a measure of candor in our community where that they are aware that it's okay to say, this will never work. (laughs) This will cost X thousand dollars to make that happen. So um, it's okay to say that. Now, sometimes we have to remind them, say like, we would love to hear that about two minutes later than when you're saying (laughs) we would love to love this idea a little longer than you're willing to let us love it. Let me finish my (laughs) sentence. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, um, but I think we do. We, we just have to value that. And I would just add to that. That value usually doesn't get built yeah. in the meeting room. The right. value yeah. and the understanding of that doesn't just get built during sound check. For us, it happens over coffee. It happens over lunch. It happens in the hallway or it, it happens in my house or someone right. else's house or bowling or movie night or wherever. That's where that trust, it's like, man, you know, the meetings move pretty quickly. The sound check, we're, you know, we're all on a deadline. And so it might not always be the best place where the currents of love are just flowing <laughs> the most easily, although we want them to be. We sure. certainly want them. But it's like, how can we foster times outside of those right. where we can really foster relationship that's like, you know what, I trust him there. Maybe I can trust him here to say this idea. Let me, let me unpack my thoughts on that. And so, yeah. I don't know. I think that it's so interesting. If you don't do something outside of a meeting or sound check or rehearsal or whatever, all of my shared experiences with you are in pressure-packed, crazy-making yeah like seat of your pants kind of experience. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's just almost impossible to build any level of trust when yeah. that's your only experience. Yeah. You know, I was thinking Todd too, you know, I find myself at Saddleback now and it is such an honor, but I come from what I would call just regular normal sized churches. Yeah. We didn't have a full-time tech director at my church that I grew up in. In fact, they still don't. And it's a lovely church that is doing great things in the name of Jesus, right? right, right and right. the church I was at prior to Saddleback, we were a larger church. We were in Manchester, New Hampshire, I think a couple thousand people. We, we were blessed because towards the end of my time there, we had a, one full-time tech person. But everything else, um, we were just so, so blessed by just a wonderful and robust volunteer team, people that were just giving everything to set up things and to mix things and to learn a bit, little bit about lighting and cameras and video and all that. And so, I don't know, sometimes when we have these conversations, I tend to think about those days more. Right, yeah. Where, where it's like, you know, I'm not sure that that they have the same, same situations we do because yeah. there's volunteers running around everywhere building the same church together. And sure, there's pressure, absolute pressure for all of us and what we're trying to create because we all care. But sometimes I work hard at Saddleback to just reclaim the beauty of those days. Yeah. Of It's like, let's, let's try to remember why it's all about because it's the same as the little church I grew up in in Illinois. Right. The purpose, the mission is the same. And so we just spend a lot of time trying to reclaim those same purposes. Yeah, that's so great. When you said you think about those old days, uh, well, maybe old is the wrong word. Uh, yeah. I'll pretend I didn't say it. Yeah, uh, thank former, you, yeah, Former days. Uh, because <laughs> I do the same thing for me. I think about when I was in Michigan at Kensington Church and most of the things I learned that really matter to me, I learned there. And yeah. the thing that blew my mind, I think, was that when I came to Willow Creek, I wasn't expecting it to be perfect, but I had a level of expectation that some of these things, they figured it out. Yeah. And so then I got there. I'm like, uh, no, same problems, yeah. a bigger scale, but we have, we have similar issues here. And so, you know, relational equity and trust and all that stuff, it mattered in the small and it matters in the big. It matters everywhere. It's, it's some of the same exact things. And um, yeah, I just I'm really mindful of that for sure. Yeah. When you think about you're building this worship culture, you I know you've done a lot of retooling at Saddleback from when you started yeah. and making it more volunteer driven and 
But I would love to hear just a little bit about the idea of you've got some stoic people sitting in the back of the room dressed in black. They're uh, sometimes their worship experience, they have their arms folded and they're like a, like a blank stare on their face. Uh, that's their worship p- posture, you know. Uh, I mean, how do you build a worship culture when half the team kind of comes at it that way and the other half is, you know, yeah. so expressive? I appreciate that question. One of the things that we've, uh, that's kind of been part of our, just our vocabulary over the last couple of years has been that we are inviting everyone to be a worship leader. Mm-hmm. Whether you're the, the person leading the song or you're a guitar player or you're a lighting guy or if you're an audio gal or if you're a tech director, if you're on headset or on a camera or stage managing, like we can all lead worship. Mm-hmm. And I see that in our team. The, our, the guys who wear our, you know, our production T-shirts and all of that, they do have a different way of expressing their heart to God. But it is no less whole. It is, no, it is, it is just as full and whole in their expression of their love to God as some of us that are on stage, you know, arms high, you know, expressing right. our heart. And so one of the things we did, and I loved this, um, we are, at our last, we do a team night uh, several times a year. And just a couple of weeks ago at our most recent team night, it was a really special night. We took one song, we took one song and all of our teams broke up. So we had vocals in one place, band in another, audio guys, um, lighting and even lyrics and cameras, like everyone was split up working on one song. And then when we came back together, we did what we call the showcase, where the vocals showed us, you know, they took the song, they didn't know the song, then they learned the song. And then they showed us what the song sounded like and sounded amazing. But then they also showed us, like, things not to do when you're on vocal team. It was kind of fun and funny, but also great. And then the band did the same thing. They showed us some things. But for me, what was most exciting, there was a turn in the room our audio guys came up and they said, okay, we did an audio workshop with our audio team. And here's, we talked about mix. We talked about the things that we're working on as we're mixing. And so they played the song. They had an MP3 of our team playing, playing the song. And then they were showing it with more of like a flat EQ. And then they talked about our values on EQ. And then of course they press the button and then we hear the difference in the EQ. And the whole room just cheered because the te- the, the room was like, we get what you do now. Yeah. Your yeah. act of worship is is caring about the EQ, just like my act of worship is singing on that stage or playing my guitar. And then next after audio was the lighting guys, and they just were in our worship center, and they they took a video of our stage as and the song playing while they were doing different lighting cues. To, okay. And they were just showing this video in another room, an auditorium on our campus, and we had a few hundred people at this team night, and they're just showing us what they were building, the, the lighting cues. And as the song was building and their lighting was changing and they were explaining to us previously why they were doing certain things, the room was erupted with applause and cheering for our lighting team because the room understood those are far more than lighting guys. They're not just picking their favorite colors and putting them up. No, they're, they're expressing worship through the song. They're thinking about it. And then the, the final thing, I want to I share this. Our, the, the gal who leads our, um, our pro presenter team, our lyrics sure. team, she did a workshop with them talking about you know, how they input the lyrics and the spacing on that's important, but mostly the timing is critical on lyrics and all right. of that. But then she says, you know, 
you know, my act as a worship leader, I'm a pro presenter lady. I don't want to be on stage, mm -hmm. but my act as a worship leader, I learn those songs. I know them inside out and I can tell you exactly when to click that. And so she got up on stage and she clicked pro presenter while the song was playing, but she did it like a boss. And the whole place was just so worshipful and cheering her on because she really personified and the guys pre personified what it means to be a worship leader at a console. Sure. So sure, just because they're not jumping around on stage and they're not, you know, banging on drums and jumping on stage man, they are so wholeheartedly worshiping at a pro presenter console or at a lighting console or whatever. Right. So for us, we just, number one, we invite them. You're invited to actually be more than a, a lyrics typer. Yeah, you're invited to be a worship leader at that set. So sit up, suit up, let's work together and let's come to encounter Jesus there. And then, you know, we give them the space and we, we call it out and say, hey guys, we saw you guys worshiping. We know you do it different than us. But we saw that and we we appreciate it. So yeah. I don't know if that's the answer or no, not, no. but that's something that we've been really seeing some great fruit is one, you're invited to be more than this. Yeah. Sometimes we just don't even, we say, hey, will you come run a camera? Well, sometimes that's the appropriate ask, but sometimes it's like, hey, do you want to, and we've talked about this before, Todd, do you want to come have a front row seat to watch God do something miraculous yeah, yeah. at Saddleback Church? And you get to be the person that captures it on camera. So, you know, 40,000 people can watch it online this week or whatever. It's more than just running a camera sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's so beautiful. And I just would maybe encourage you that, you know, a lot of that is coming from you and Steph and just your passion for both teams that yeah. for for the worship team, the, the platform team to cheer and to be so excited that just doesn't happen yeah. by itself. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, so kudos to you guys for, you know, having that stirring in your heart and doing something about it and sharing that with. with well, let me, you know, I'll say it goes both ways, too. So this past weekend, actually, just at church at this past weekend, we had a big moment in the service, a big featured number, full choir, amazing solo. We actually had some hip hop dancers. The band was killing. It, it was this big moment. The screen content was beautiful. And we were just in sound check, and it was the first time I was seeing it. Uh -huh. And it was amazing, like lifting me out of my chair, clapping. But then I turn around, and our whole front of house booth is cheering. Yeah. Our whole front of house booth, who, you know, is not always the first ones out of their chair <laughs> cheering, right? But they're cheering. And I know that's a big step for them, but it's them saying, I want them to know up there that we love them too. Right. It's, it's not just the platform's job to, to walk across the room first. Right. It's... Sometimes production can do it too. Sometimes production, you know, we always say to our guys, you know, God's commands are for introverts and extroverts. Right? <laughs> Sometimes it's like, hey, as an introvert, I get a pass on that. No, not so much. Yeah, you know, we right. all want to speak, speak the things, speak encouragement to one another. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I think uh, for so much of my life, I assumed that everyone on the platform was an extrovert. And so <laughs> it's their job to come like, see how I'm doing. What's up with exactly. me? And then at a certain point, I'm like, well, okay, it's been, I don't know, 10 years and no one's <laughs> ever come back here. Maybe I should go up there. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah and yeah. it totally changed my perception of like, hey, if I want to build relationship, if I want a relationship, I'm responsible to build it. Right. Not just exactly. wait for it. Exactly. Yeah. 
And that, that does go both ways. And, and I would just say to uh, the Philo community, all the, all the men and women out there, you'll be surprised how much your encouragement means to people on the platform. I know a lot of times you're you're waiting for the platform to reach back to you, and that's appropriate too, 100% appropriate. But you'd be surprised what it means when our platform people are, when they've done something that pleases the production guys and gals, it just goes a long way when we hear that. Because we know you measure your words. We know you you choose your words wisely. And, but, and so when you actually do speak them, it's like, wow, that, that just holds a lot of weight. Right. Well, and yeah. I think too, just like so many other people, uh, well, especially in production, you know, you only hear something when it's not going well. Right. That even for a vocalist or someone in the band, usually people, except for the applause they hear, maybe, yeah. you know, they're getting critiqued and, you know, you didn't yeah. hit that note exactly right. It was a little bit flat and whatever. Right. That, yeah, an encouraging word is something that all of us could use more of. Yeah, you know, one of our values, it makes me think of it. So we have a handful of values that we always go back to on our team. And one of those is reject negativity. And so one of our values as a team is we just want to reject the spirit of negativity. We don't want to be a team that's constantly saying, you know, well, I could have done a better job mixing that or I would have done different lighting cues than that right, or whatever. Right. Like, okay, but it's not enough to just not say the, the mean stuff, the rude stuff, the negative stuff. We've called everyone to call out the gold in one another. And that's hard. It's yeah. really difficult for some people. But we've just said, look, enough. We can't, it's just not enough to not say the bad stuff anymore. Now we have to say the good stuff. Right. We have to say, hey, I appreciated the song scan you put together for this for me. It really helped know how, this, how to mix this song. Hey, I appreciated the stage plot it made a huge difference in how we were going to shoot it for the cameras or whatever. Right, right. So I think just being, instead of just assuming, oh, it's their job to give me the scan or give me the plot. Well, no, that's kind of a thing that they're doing for you week after week after week. Yeah. We can show a little yeah. love for that. Right. Yeah. I th I'm reading uh, right now a book called Moments by Chip and Dan Heath, which I would yeah. totally recommend. Okay, great. But there was one part in there where we're talking about encouraging people. I think they're, they yeah. have an acronym that maybe is, if it, they put them in the right order, would spell EPIC. But they're, the whole <laughs> book, they're trying to fight against using that acronym. So uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. but encouragement is the E, I think. Uh, and uh, they had a statistic that 80% of bosses think they do a great job encouraging their employees. Oh, okay. And 20% of employees think their bosses do a good job of encouraging their employees. Dang, dang. <laughs> so I think we, we all have a perception that we're right. more, way more encouraging than we are. Right. Uh, but yeah, get up off, out of the booth and encourage somebody. Well, it's the whole, they know I love them. They know I love them. They know, you know, it's like, well, not always, right. not always. Yeah. You don't know what we, you know, what kind of baggage we were, we're walking in with week after week and vice versa. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. I love talking about this because yeah. I love, I'm thinking about my team. I really am. I'm thinking about different teams and different campuses. And I think about ones that are doing such a great job at this and, and some teams that, you know, we just need to do a little bit better at too. Yeah. One of the things uh, when I was uh, at Willow Creek, uh, and I think they still do this, the production team gets together after the Saturday night service to kind of debrief, okay, what do we need to fix and do better? And But yeah. everybody now, I believe they share your favorite moment in the service. Oh, I love that. So you're you're now during the service while you're working, you're look you're looking for What's what, my moment? what is God doing? Where is the spirit moving? I mean, you're looking for a moment, not your favorite song or your 
yeah. favorite whatever video. It's you know, what's your favorite moment? And then the other is noticing somebody doing something inspiring. Oh, I love that. So that now you're also, while it's happening, you're looking for, okay, what am I going to say at the meeting? I love that. And Did so you see I'm, Willow doing that? That's Troy and his guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that right. looking for something inspiring was something that I started because I was tired of leaving those meetings like on this giant downer that right. all we talked about is the things we screwed up on. We're no better than well, the comments yeah. we were getting from the <laughs> congregation, you know? Don't get me started. <laughs> and I, so I was just right. in, I was just in Germany and most of the production crew is all uh, Germans but we have a night where we get together and do that very thing, like notice something inspiring about someone else. And in the moment I said, you know what? We're the only ones who know what we're doing. Nobody else understands our world. Yep. That Nobody sees it. We're invisible. And so if we're the only ones who see it, it's our job to encourage each other. That's so good. Because if, if we don't, I mean, we already know nobody else. Yeah, nobody else is. No, you know, I really, I really like that. Cause like in our meetings, we, you, you know, when we're evaluating the weekend, it's, you know, what went great and what, you know, could be better next time. And it's like that, what could be better next time? Uh, if I'm honest, you know, that's a longer list right. <laughs> than we yeah. wish it was. And, but we kind of finally said, look, you don't get to say one of those unless you say what went great this weekend, right? because right. God was doing great things here. So let's call it out. And if you can't come up with one tiny thing, yeah. then you don't get to say what didn't go so great. Because <laughs> yeah. so, I really do believe we have to learn to speak to one another that way, Yeah, uh, to build the culture that we need and what we, what we all want to be a part of. Yeah. I mean, I think if you, if all you're doing is talking about what could have been better, yeah, Ugh. it becomes a very negative downer right. environment. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think it develops a team that's so galvanized when it's constant critique. There has to be a measure of celebrating, not just what we're doing. I think this is important too, Todd. I like how you phrase both of those. It's it's not just what I saw you do, but it's also what I saw God do. Yeah, I yeah. saw like, what I, and remember, there's something different about church than what's for us just up the road at Disneyland or just up the road in Hollywood. Right. There's something miraculous happening here. And so let's be sure that we're reminding people and talking about the biblical foundation for what we're doing and why we're and what we're seeing God do and telling the stories of the the healed marriages and the healed sickness and the restoration of things that were broken and chains of addiction falling off and all of that type of stuff. So really celebrating not just each other but also God. Yeah. I was involved in Camp's Crusade uh, for Christ. Yeah, uh, awesome. way back, way back in the day. Yeah. And one of the things that Bill Bright always said was, it's my job to share the gospel. After that, it's God's. The results yeah. are his, is, uh, yeah. you know, not my problem. And yeah. I think in church, especially in production, you, it's all about planning and details and getting everything exactly right. right. But that's not, that's not the goal. That's not the finish line. And you know right. what? The finish line is not my problem. Right. It's God's, God has it. That's right. You know, our team's been focusing on a verse, John chapter 12, I think 12, maybe like verse 30, 32 says, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Hmm. He doesn't say you draw people. He says, if I am lifted up, I will draw people. Yeah. And so we went, we've been just calling our team like, hey, our job is to lift up Jesus. If you're at the console, you lift up Jesus. You have to figure out what it means to lift up Jesus from your camera. 
You have to figure out what it means as a vocalist, as a, as a stage manager. How are you lifting up Jesus? Because Jesus promised us, and we still believe him. We still believe he's truthful. Hmm. Jesus said, if I am lifted up, I will draw people to myself. Man, that is such a relief. Because we can lift up the name of Jesus. We can shine it in lights. We can put it on video screens. We can sing songs and write songs. And we can make a great mix. And we can lift his name high. But the pressure on us, it says it's off. He says, I will draw people to me if you keep lifting me up. Yeah. And so yeah. that for us was like this big turning point. Because sometimes we got in this thing of like, you know, uh, we're going to get more people here for night of worship. Are we going to? And it's not that we're not wanting that, designing that, thinking right. creatively around that. But man, something turned in us when we said, look, let's just lift up Jesus. Let's keep lifting up Jesus in a way that everyone can access and then let him do the drawing of people to himself. Yeah, so good. It's so hard to do. I mean, I think in so many areas of our life, the results are our problem. Right. And I think as, at least from a production person perspective, we take on more responsibility than as ours as a general rule. Things that aren't ours to carry, we carry. So why not carry God's responsibility too? Yeah, we'll take that Add too. it on, yeah. Yeah. You know what I found out, Todd, and it's embarrassing, but it's it's a measure of pride. You know, yeah. for some of us uh, in that production world, it's easy for us to look at like platform people and be like, oh, that's what pride looks like up there. <laughs> <laughs> All those people, they want lights on them. They want microphones in their hand, cameras on them. That must be a lot of pride up there. Well, really... It's the same kind of pride that says, you know what, I can fix everything. Right. I'll take that. I'll take that. What you guys need is more of me. <laughs> when the reality is, it might feel a little more humble, but it's actually not. It's yeah. pride. It's yeah. saying, I have the answers. I, ha- I am the solution. When really it's like, you know, the answer is always God and always us. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it's rarely me. And it's usually we. Right. Right. And it's always God. It's always helping us point people closer to God. So, yeah. Yeah. So nice. I think it, it's funny that we all, it's, we, we all perpetuate some of the same, same thoughts. We, we all carry those same thoughts. But I think God's really transforming us all. And I think about some of those stereotypes about production folks or platform folks. Right. And I think some of that's blending and blurring these days in a really healthy way where we are seeing um, – where there once may have been chasms between the two, those are being filled up with understanding. The, the more we understand one another, and that has become quite common to really to know one another well, whether that's in, in various forms of Enneagram, finders, disc profiles, whatever it is, but just understanding one another with yeah. the purpose of loving one another well. Yeah. Then I think we're seeing some of those gaps mm become filled up with grace and truth and honesty and candor and all of that. So I'm a huge classical music buff. Nice. I'm going to actually bring it around to what you were just saying, but uh, I love listening to Handel's Messiah around Christmas time. And usually I love listening to it in German uh, only because I know it in English. And so I just like the arrangement uh, of the German uh, for whatever reason, the musical the instrumentation. That's cool. Anyway, all that to say, there's one of those that's very, a, fan- very fancy. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I, I could talk a long time about Handle Some Side, but that's some really great experiences with it over the years. But cool. that is not why I'm bringing it up. The way I'm, the reason I bring it up is straight out of the Bible. Every lyric is yeah. straight from the King James Bible. Yeah. And just as you were talking, the Messiah started playing in my head. Mm-hmm. It just the from Isaiah. 
the idea of, you know, Jesus will make the rough places plain and yes. the, you know, every valley and hill made low. And yeah. just that <laughs> idea of that Jesus is the thing that is going to make it work between the platform and the production booth. Yeah, he, yeah, that's really good. He's, he levels the ground. He's the one that raises up the lowly and brings down the ones of us who think more highly of ourselves and makes the ground level. And yeah, and it's, and I would just say maybe to the guys and gals out there who are, who are leading these ministries of, of staffs or volunteers that these things don't happen without a champion. Yeah. These things don't happen without somebody painting the picture of, Hey guys, wouldn't it be great if we were a team that did a little bit better job of encouraging one another? Wouldn't it be, be wouldn't it be great if if when we got to the time of the meeting and we said what went well this weekend, well you couldn't you couldn't shut the room up. Everyone was yeah. so excited to talk about that. Wouldn't it be great if if we had a, a party where the production team, the tech team, threw for the for the vocalists? Yeah. We did kind of a surprise thing for them or whatever. Like that people are championing a new story a new way of thinking rather than just being like, oh, it's always kind of been this way. So that's why we do it. So, so sure. cheers to you leaders. Cheers to you guys who are really writing a new narrative for what this role between production and platform can look like. Yeah. I think the anytime I would say to myself, I wish it were like this. At a certain point, I figured out if I'm the one feeling it and seeing it, it's probably the thing that God wants me yeah. to work on. Yes. That's my responsibility. If I wish it were different, then let's go. Let's make it different. Yeah, then make it so. If yeah. not you, who? If not yeah. you. And yeah. I think, yeah, just because I'm maybe not the leader of the team or maybe I feel like I have less authority than I do. I mean, here's a great example. When I was not leading the production team at Willow, I was feeling the need for, hey, we need to get together somewhere outside of this. And so, hey, everybody, let's go to my house for spaghetti dinner. And yeah, I love that. We, you know, like 40 people show up and spouses and kids and it's total mayhem, but I was feeling the need for it. So, all right, let's do it. And my poor uh, wife, I mean, she had to <laughs> clean the house like crazy while I was at work. We did it on a Saturday night usually. So I would be at work and then show up with 40 people and she will have to like get everything ready. So. <laughs> no, I love that. I love it though, because that's for me is that's church, right? I mean, that's yeah. the church I grew up in. Yeah. In, my, in the church I grew up in, which in a lot of ways felt a whole lot like the book of Acts, we didn't use the word volunteer, Todd, yeah. because it's just what we did, right? right. It's yeah. just what everyone did. We served and we didn't know it was a, a word or whatever. Yeah. And then along the way, things become what they are. Churches got bigger and all that type of stuff. And we start putting people in different categories of staff and contract and volunteer. But like... I think it's those moments of spaghetti dinner on Saturday night afterwards where that feels a lot more like the book of Acts than some of the other things I get to do. Yeah. And so I cling so tightly to those because when I read Acts and when I read about the earliest days of the church, I don't see planning center. <laughs> I don't see lighting cues and I yeah. don't see song scans and cue sheets and spike marks and all of that. <laughs> but gosh, I read a lot about, you know, they met together in one another's home and they shared with one another all they had. and They took care of one another as they had need. I read a lot about that. So I make peace with what we do in the context of doing it that way. Yeah. 
So long as we're doing it with spaghetti dinners on Saturday nights or hangs over coffee or being in the hospital when people need you in their moments or go into my son's volleyball game or somebody's daughter's uh, ballet recital or whatever, that feels more like the church to me right, sometimes right. than sitting at a computer and sorting out planning center cues. <laughs> uh, and I know that has its place and I love that and I believe in that, but I think God is really pleased when we combine that technical side of what we do with the really organic family, ministry, loving community, one another side of things that we right. do. Yeah. 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 So good. It's so easy standing from the outside looking in and seeing Saddlebacks got all these great things going and, you know, Instagram looks amazing and seeing people show up at your son's volleyball game. Like I saw that picture and it's all, I mean, just like everybody's thing on Instagram looks probably way easier and more glowing uh, than it actually is. But it behind yeah. it all is hard work. And I mean, part of it is a vision and then the tenacity to get there. And so I just... Well, I appreciate uh, you saying that. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll say to, to you and to any, any woman or man who is leading a team out there, gosh, I probably, I shouldn't say probably, I make more wrong decisions than I do right decisions any given week for sure. Yeah. And just like Paul says, you know, I'm the one who most needs the grace. And so I'm just so graceful. I'm so grateful to be on a team that gives me the grace yeah. to make some wrong decisions along the, along the way or some fast decisions, but to be able to be a team that says, you know what, we committed to you just like you committed to me. And so I think my team on both sides of the house, production and platform, that give me the grace. And I would say to those listening, your leaders need grace. Your leaders need your voice of truth for sure. But truth and grace are on the same team. They're not yeah. opposing teams. They're on the same team. And so let's let's give our leaders grace, that honesty, that communication. But I'm, I am really grateful for our team. Yeah. Thanks for taking time talking with us. Thank you, Todd. I sure appreciate you guys. Thanks, Philo community. Man, I love this conversation. I love how John talks about the similarities between the people on the platform and the production people, basically individuals taking risks to serve the church in the way that they've been gifted. Man, I love that statement. We're not that different. We're, we're both taking risks in our own way. And also just for us to create a healthy culture, we need to value each other. And that value gets built outside of meetings and rehearsals. I mean, the meetings and rehearsals and services, that's a pressure cooker. And we need to be able to interact with each other outside of that. And I love just that he kind of pointed that out. Good stuff. If you already follow us on social media, which is at Follow Community on Facebook and Instagram and at Philo Conference on Twitter, or you subscribe to the Philo email, you know that we have announced some of our main session speakers. The Philo crew, we had a great opportunity to travel to Minsk to interview the head of production for the last few Eurovision song contests. His name is Ola Melzig. And if you don't know what Eurovision is, which most people in the U.S. do not, uh, you should go immediately to YouTube and type in Eurovision, one word, 2018. And from there, you can see the 30-plus countries competing in the most watched televised event every year, except when there's Summer Olympics and we all watch the Summer Olympic opening ceremonies. And you know, the wild thing is 200 million people watch this show and it's not broadcast in the U.S. at all, which is why those of us in the U.S. 
I've never heard of it. And while it isn't necessarily the greatest musical contest out there, the production side of things is ridiculous. It's so amazing. And in our interview with Ola, we get into all the details of what makes Eurovision so cool and what it takes to make it all happen from a production standpoint. Our conversation was super fascinating, and I can't wait to share it with everyone at Philo 2019. And uh, if you sign up for Philo 2019 before February 21st, you can get your tickets at the cheapest price available, which is 50% off the total price. And if you listen to these podcasts in real times, that's about one month from today. Not about one month. It is one month from today. So do it now while you're listening to me chat about it. Just don't even waste any more time. Just sign up now. Anyway... When you go to philo.org, you'll find all the details with main session speakers, over 40 breakout faculty members teaching a whole host of new breakouts that we've added for this year. Everything you could ever want about Philo 2019 is there, philo.org. And back to the regular stuff, if you like our podcast, subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, all the different places. Go there, sign up, subscribe, give us a review. We'd love it. Thank you. And don't forget, we love getting better. So send us your ideas and feedback to philopodcast at fusion.productions. All right, until next time, see ya. See ya.